You're listening to Modern Street Talk, the series that aims to provide young, aspiring freelancers and entrepreneurs with the tools, knowledge and confidence to take that first big step and just do it. I'm Elliot Morrow, and each week I'll be talking to the people who I believe can provide knowledge that will have a huge impact on your professional career. This week, on the first ever episode of Modern Street Talk, I'll be talking to Lucas Hill. Lucas is a personal impact and communication coach and speaker who works with individuals and businesses to help them understand the components of impact, confidence and effective communication. He's a firm believer that how you present yourself can make or break the key moments in your personal and business life. Lucas also believes that personal confidence is the cornerstone of a person's ability to stand out in this competitive, ever-changing world. And with that, let's get on with the show. I hope you enjoy. Lucas, welcome to the show. Thank you for being our very first guest on Modern Street Talk. Thank you, Elliot, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. So, personal impact coach, that's what you are. That's Tell right. me a bit about what that is and what you do. Um, being an impact coach is an interesting thing because impact is something that often gets thrown around. And I think it boils down to one key thing, right? The way we present ourselves, how we speak, how we articulate our ideas these are really the fundamental building blocks of what people identify as our own personal brand. And I can remember back in the school days, an English literature teacher of mine talking about how the greatest writers place every word for a reason, for, for a specific purpose. And, and she says that only in this way are they able to lend their words the right meaning and the right impact. And I think we can all see our own and interpret our own personal brand as a piece of writing in the same way. Every word, every action, just like a writer's sentence, has the power to capture someone's imagination, to, to move people to action, you know, even to inspire. And so being an impact coach is about really unpacking and unlocking what confidence, what courage looks like, what impact looks like for each and every one of us, and giving people the tools um, yeah, the tools and the courage to use that use that impact. Awesome. So you just when you brought up that little bit about every word having a purpose, it just made me think about uh, when we were in secondary school having to break down poems, and we're all going, "Oh, this word has no meaning." You know, the curtains <laughs> are blue doesn't mean that doesn't mean that she's sad. It just means that the curtains are blue. But you're absolutely right. Is that they do put you know the great writers do put every word in there to actually have a meaning. But when when you're younger, I guess you don't really see that. And I, and I think if you exactly if you if you look at politicians' speeches, right, how much time gets spent then in the media unpacking every yeah. single word and every phrase, and not just that, but also you know it's not about the words themselves. It's sometimes also about how do people say things and the way people view each other, the way we view messaging is a combination of both of those. So if we can become masters, really master craftsmen of our own personal brand. We, yeah, we, we, we have a much greater value, I think, absolutely in yeah. communication. Absolutely. Yeah. Master of over, overanalyzing every word as well, which could get us into trouble, but. Exactly. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> we first met uh, about a year ago now at the Museum of Science and Industry at an event that you did. Um, I'm not sure what the actual target audience was. You might be able to tell me a bit more about that, but you were with Naomi Timpley. Um, and you did a, a personal impact uh, or personal confidence uh, session there. Do you want to talk a bit more about about that? Absolutely, yeah. It's good to to mention Naomi's name as well because she's um, 
She's she's brilliant in this field yeah. as well. We'll give her, we'll give her a shout out on uh, on Twitter as well. Perfect, absolutely. <laughs> she loves she loves her Twitter. Um, the session was the the Enterprise Futures Conference, which is a, a large postgraduate postgraduate conference, and the, the the reason why I think the session worked so well is because um, impact and personal confidence and public speaking and brand is important at any, every age in, in any walk of life. But especially for postgraduates who have this great knowledge base, it's important to be able to combine that and reconcile that with how they present themselves uh, when they look for you know a job possibly outside the academic realm and academic field. And that was a lot of the feedback that I got was to say, wow, now I can combine my, my, my deep expertise with an understanding of how to speak to people, how to sell myself more effectively. And that was the core component of that session. Okay, and you ended up getting that uh, session with Naomi through talking to her at another event, was it? That's right. So the first thing we well we met for the first time at the postgraduate um event there the post the enterprise futures conference but previously i had visited um an entrepreneurship event that was organized by the Manchester entrepreneurs and uh, naomi had done a session there about social media impact and i remember being really inspired about the 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 concept as a whole but really by her as a person as someone who's who's really charismatic and uh, well regarded in the field and i remember coming up to so her she after, paid you to say this or yeah yeah exactly that's about, <laughs> there's there's 3 quid coming my way and a coffee or something like that <laughs> um yeah, I'll, i think i get 5 of her twitter followers if i say these kind of things um, she's got plenty of them she has to yeah, exactly she has to she can she can spare some of her 22,000 i'm sure um yeah, but 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 she's a firm believer in this idea of networking, and I think mm. possibly her twenty two thousand Twitter followers would would be a good example yeah. of how she's managed to captivate a lot of people with her with her charisma and her charm and and just her expertise. So I spoke to her about it, and she's you know she's brilliant and always helpful in uh, in sort of progressing people's careers. And uh, on the back of that, we did the session together. Great, and. I remember the, the the session for two two reasons. The first was <laughs> hopefully um, both good. He, oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the first good. one was the the anagram that you put on the on your your flip chart paper, which was right. was hook. Yes. So I remember the actual anagram it's, itself now, but I don't remember the the words behind behind the letters. I know the first one was handshake. That's that's right. That's the one. That's the, the one that people got yeah. right. If you remember, yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I was speaking about how, as in writing, it's important to start every presentation, every speech, um, every moment with uh, an attention grabber, something that gets people involved. And in, in, in literature, we often call that a hook if you're writing an, an essay, for example. Yeah. And I thought, let, let, me, let me be clever, right, because I'm so clever. Let me, just turn this, <laughs> let me just turn this into an anagram. The problem was there's not a lot of stuff I want to talk about that starts with an O or a K, yeah. So it was a bit cheeky, and everybody got the handshake thing, and I, I changed the, the the first O into body language, the second O into voice, and the third, or well, the K, into confidence. And you know, it got, got people talking, got people engaged, but it just and it showed I can't spell. But I, I blame that on being German. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a good enough excuse, I guess. Good. <laughs> um, so before I move on to the to the other part of the of the session that stood out to me, let's go over what hook actually was and and why you brought it in so handshake a lot of people i mean i I know this myself after having this session is that (laughs) a lot of people have this 
this really weak handshake. So why why is a handshake so important when you're meeting someone or uh, making a new connection for for the first time? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think we need to take a step back here and think about where, why why do people actually shake hands? And it all comes back to, and I talked about this in the session as well, to something that animals do, right? Our sort of animalistic instincts. If you think about what dogs do, what lions do, what, what most animals do when they meet is they, they touch, they have contact, physical contact. And that's really about familiarity. It's about... Um, building up that human bond, that, that f- physical bond between people. And, and we don't, luckily, I think, sniff each other's <laughs> behinds. Um, well, it's no, be a, different... a good job, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would be a different world, let's say it like that. <laughs> yeah. um, but touching palms, as what, what, what people do, is, is really about bearing all and saying that you have nothing to fear. And you can often almost feel the change in intensity of conversation in, in familiarity when you stand around in a networking circle the people you've actually shaken hands with you feel a bit closer to and it's 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 just natural it's something that we as animals that we are just are naturally accustomed to and it's it's powerful it's a powerful first impression as well which is why you know when someone gives you the dead fish you know or the, or the queen's the queen's hand oh please help yourself to my hand you know these these things don't give a great impression. They don't, yeah. you know, you don't come across well. So that's why handshake, vital. Okay. And body language, why Why is, I mean, it's quite self-explanatory why body language is important, but how how important is body language in just getting across how confident you are? And how, well, how, how should someone hold themselves? Well, I, th- I think it's, yeah, it's it does seem obvious because we all naturally... Uh, you know, we I mean, we all naturally judge people quite quickly when we see them. And I think body language, the cues that we have in body language, the cues we send when we communicate, um, those are the things that our body is saying that maybe our mouth isn't. And controlling your impact is about being able to control both your own body language, how you come across, how you stand, how you gesture but also about reading others. So a lot of this communication work that I do with with people and with businesses is about unpacking both sides. How do I come across to others because I can control my body language? And how do I read the signs of other people's body language to understand how they feel, where they're coming from, and what kind of people they are? And combining that is really, really important to, to, to having great conversations, building the right relationships, and ultimately having having impact. Okay. So if I could just give you a problem, I guess, yeah. if I'm talking to someone and they don't appear to be holding themselves in terms of body language, how I'm holding myself, say they have their arms crossed, a bit slumped, how do I unpackage that? How do I how do I get them to, to respond? Way, yeah, respond in the way that I think they should or yeah, in, you know, the energy that I'm giving off that they're not giving back. Exactly. I mean, there's in 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 a there's a lot of different literature on this, and you can read a lot of um, a lot of things about neurolinguistic programming, about pacing other people, and mirroring their body language. And I I think that's absolutely correct. And there's a lot to be said about these sort of things. One of the things I always try to work with people on is is taking it a step further. I I would say in that situation, someone standing across from you with their arms crossed, I wouldn't say stand there and cross your arms because actually, what then you're not giving off is not just the same physical shape as them right but also possibly some of the energy that they're giving off to you right the reason why you're feeling uncomfortable by them is because they're closed off and they're not doing what we said right they're not showing they're not bearing all they're not yeah. showing their palms they're not they're not open and so 
for me, it would be about taking a step back and saying, what else about the way they speak, about their body language is interesting? And combine that with what they're saying, how they're saying it, right? Think about their voice, and I think it brings us on to our next point. And combining all these things to try and form a picture of the other person. Why are they standing like that? Are they actually standing with their hands crossed just because they're tired and it's the most comfortable way they can stand? Are they standing like that because they're timid or they're afraid? And uh, you, the more you work with people on these things, the more interesting it is for me as a coach to see how differently people um, analyze body language, right? Mm -hmm. So there's no right and wrong way to go about building rapport with someone who's got their right arms crossed. The real important thing I would say to everybody is to say, let me take 10 seconds to think about why they're standing the way they are and reconcile everything about them, their voice, their body language, their handshake, what their eyes are doing with the words they're saying to come up with a, with a perfect picture, how I think the person is communicating and why they are doing that. Right. And once I've done that, then I can adapt my style accordingly. Okay. So again, it's a, I guess it's about reading each situation individually and not, absolutely you know not not assuming that someone's uh slope no, yeah sloped in front of you with the sh you know shoulders sloped in front of you because of the board of what you're saying but it could be a different situation uh, agreed each time absolutely. they could have run a marathon yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what they were doing at a networking event but fair play to them yeah maybe uh, they ran there you know? <laughs> so that we've been over voice now so that brings us on to confidence and you mentioned uh the palms there and i think i think even at that session you talked about the power of the palm so i mean that that kind of joins together with with voice body and handshake yeah um and it all ties together to to show confidence absolutely i think maybe if i can just draw back a little bit to voice because it's it's as it's naturally been done right now and this happens a lot voice is one of those things we we touch on and we think we all understand but actually voice is so important it's such a versatile thing if you ever if you have any friends who are singers they will often refer to their voice as an instrument right and if you think about what someone can do at a piano or at a guitar it's it's incredible the range of different things you can draw out of voice of out of an instrument and you it's the same with your voice it's not about what we say it's about how we say things and voice is just as much about pause and about control as playing an instrument is. And so it's something that is often glossed over, and that's just the reason I'm coming back to it. Okay. Um, confidence, right, confidence. What does my poem say about confidence? I think confidence, in, in general, confidence underpins impact. And the, the, the question is just, are you as a person, right, this is my, my challenge to everybody who, who's struggling with confidence or understanding confidence, is confidence is really about, are you as a person comfortable with challenge, with ambiguity, with change. And when confronted with these things, can you turn them into opportunities, right? And every new connection, every new task, every challenge, every ambiguity, every change has this opportunity within it. And, and so it's not about overcomplicating. Confidence is not about overcomplicating things. It's about recognizing opportunity. I mean, we've been over basically everything there. The whole anagram is really good for just making new connections and considering everything that you need to when you're networking, when you're meeting new people. Is there anything else that you've added since that you think is useful for, for, for people to consider when they're meeting a new potentially important connection? 
well, I would say in that sentence, every connection is potentially important, okay. right? There's there's no there's no good or bad connection. There's only a connection, right? Because, uh, the, the, and I guess this is my answer then to you as well, is that I, all this comes back down to networking. And oftentimes there seems to be this desire for people who aren't networking, let's say pros, as they like to refer themselves, to make every conversation about a success, about a sale, about a, a, yeah, a win. And the danger of that is that you alienate people and you come across as yeah, someone who's controlling or someone who's, who's coming across a bit too strong. So really by going back to this hook anagram and really digging down deep into what you're doing, you're building the right relationships. And this is one of the things I do now with, with people a lot is to work not, not just on confidence and on body language, but on understanding the road to success in networking being not about the sale in the first instance, but about the relationship. Because once you build a relationship, you build goodwill and people will give you things and help you out because they're your friends or they believe in what you're doing, not because you've given them the elevator pitch that you think is perfect. And there's a big divide between those two things. And the great networkers, they build relationships. The bad networkers, they try and sell. I mean, even, I think even, I completely agree with what you've, uh, what you've said. And I think what you see what you're seeing more nowadays is even in business uh, and on social media is that when people realize that relationships are the most important thing and not selling mm. that yeah. is when you get the most or when you find the most success absolutely so agreed yeah absolutely so the second most uh, the second thing that stuck with me the most from that session was that you got us all up to actually do something and that yeah. was to just talk to someone that we hadn't met who was at the session and basically network on the spot right. now from that session I ended up actually getting a front page feature on the first edition of the Manchester Mets press office magazine which was a big deal for me at the time I was, still is it's one of my one of, I've still got the magazine I've got well probably got about four or five <laughs> copies of the magazine and <laughs> picked them all off the shelf when they came out are they all on the wall they are yeah <laughs> the, the grand, grandparents house back oh, perfect <laughs> um, I would do the same yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so but what the point I wanted to make there was that you made us get up and just do it after telling us how to and I, yeah. I think that was was a massive uh, plus for the session is that you didn't just tell us how to do something you told us how to do something and then made us apply that knowledge to the actual session. So the point I guess I wanted to make was that people, when they learn, and after, after they've listened to this podcast, is that they should just go out and do it. Yes. And that is, that's one of the most, most important pieces of advice I'd give. Is Absolutely. That you, can, you can sit there and think about what you're going to do and be taught what you could do. The only way you go into test that knowledge is to actually do it. So, I, I wondered if there was anything that you wanted to add to that, in in terms of just doing it, and whether there's any any advice you can give to someone who who has this knowledge and knows and, and thinks that they can do it, but isn't quite there in terms of actually doing it. I th I think first of all, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, picture yourself listening to a podcast or watching a YouTube video about kayaking down, you know, stage five rapids or something like that, you know, yep. uh, 
you, you can watch that video 200,000 times. You can be the guy that's gotten 200,000 views on something. <laughs> but, and the other person, I'm sure, would be happy. But you are not a good kayaker on the basis of having read a manual. It just doesn't work like mm. that. It's until you've touched the water, until you've gotten into the boat, that you, you learn. You, you put things into practice. And it's like that with everything in life, this 10,000-hour phenomenon. You've got to be ready to make yourself vulnerable. So I guess it, it leads into the confidence castle idea yeah. that I also shared with the group that actually my theory about how confidence works is based on, in effect, that we can model confidence changes over time when people make themselves vulnerable and respond to challenges in a positive way. And that's not a you know that's not a um thing that happens suddenly from one day to the next mm. if i get into the kayak the first time and i start you know rowing down the river and i get to the rapid and i think probably i'm not ready because actually i can't even roll back up the river <laughs> so so i spent but but actually i've not sunk all right yeah. so that's my it's my first building block of confidence there in my castle and the next day i go back out and actually i'm going down the river i'm going back up the river Perfect. You know, maybe the third day I'm doing both and actually I'm, I've done my barrel roll in the water. I get back up and I'm starting to build this confidence. Actually, every time I'm getting to the water, I'm not afraid anymore of sinking or <laughs> not coming back out of the water yeah. or losing my, you know, losing my equipment. I'm actually working towards this opportunity to, to master the rapids. And everything we do as people that makes us vulnerable makes us uncomfortable it's just the way it is right yep. and but making difficult taking a difficult step sometimes a leap of faith that pays off will just it gives you so much self-belief and my advice to everybody is yeah listen to this podcast and pick out the one little thing that stuck with you and set it in on the road to making yourself vulnerable you know if it's about handshakes the next time, try a different handshake. If it's about body language, you know, try and stand different. Try and talk different. You know, try something because you can't you can't lose. You can't lose anything. You can just win. Absolutely, and I think you mentioned it in the in the Confidence Castle uh, article. Was it? Yeah. You talk about risks, challenges, and opportunities, and how when you first start doing something, it's a risk. Then it becomes a challenge of how to you know improve yourself, and then it becomes an opportunity to be even better than you've ever been at that certain skill and i found that really interesting how how it can transition from something that terrifies you to something that suddenly becomes a challenge and an opportunity exactly if you look at your networking scenario that you've mentioned right the people are so uncomfortable about networking because they see it as a risk to to their yeah first of all to their conference maybe to their pride and because ultimately it's about how, how other people see you but really, if you think deeper down and the more often you do it, you realize that actually it's just an opportunity to get to make either make friends or make valuable connections in your business life or have a drink. You know, mm. sometimes it's just about having a drink. And if you look at it like that, it's really not that scary. And the more often you do it, you know, it's 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 it becomes natural and you just see you see the you see the, the shining light rather than the kind of bricks behind you falling down it's that kind of thing yeah and i think i took a quote from the article itself was you said that people need to become a master of uncomfortable situations which i found really poignant was that a lot of people step back from an uncomfortable situation because they can't deal with the risk 
Yeah. But if you become a master of that uncomfortable situation, then it stops becoming a risk. Absolutely. But that's tough, right? That's tough. Yeah. But you've got to start somewhere, with, yeah. as with everything. And I think at the What Next conference that we met again at yeah. in, in February, I think it was the end of February, and a guy came up to you after your session and, and said that he struggles to stand up in front of his class at university when he's asked to give a presentation and he stumbles over words and, and he uses too many fillers and he can't quite separate his normal speaking mm. where he talk quite freely in front of friends yeah. and he, he can't apply that to a more formal situation where he's talking in front of people he knows but he has to do it on such a bigger scale yeah. that he doesn't feel like the normal informal situation that he's used to and I think that's quite a common problem and um, we've, we've been over a lot of things that would actually you know would address that issue absolutely but public speaking I think for young people especially is an actual common issue and if it there's is. anything else that you could maybe add to that to give people that push to give them the confidence to speak better publicly then then go ahead I think I would say something short, actually, and it, it wouldn't be any tip or quick fix. It would be a reiteration, actually, why it's so important that we do that. You know, your, your, your series is about the fact that people used to have proper conversations in the street. People used to talk to each other. People used to communication used to be the bread and butter of what everybody had to do to get somewhere. And public speaking today is one of those things which is becoming a dying art just because everything we do is over Instagram and over Twitter and right. over Facebook. And as great as these things are, they, they, they stop us from being able to inspire people in person. And so my advice to people who want to learn about public speaking is, again, to look at the opportunity. It's a, it's a valuable, valuable commodity. And becoming a master of something like that will, will set you apart in many, many ways. So it's worth fighting the demons of standing up in front of 50 people because you will improve you will get better reach out for advice to your to, to the people around you to your friends contact people you know who work with these kind of things but jump over your your shadow because these things are vital vital business and personal skills yeah and like we said go from risks to challenges to opportunities master the uncomfortable situation couldn't have said it myself. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll finish off with the quickfire questions. Perfect. Lucas, what do you want yep. to have achieved in a year's time? Uh, maybe grow a beard. Grow a beard. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I, I'm guessing you're talking about the the business. In a professional sense, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, there you go. I'm probably never going to grow a beard. Um, just, just just genetically. I blame my dad. Is that? Um, I didn't think that was possible for Germans to not grow a beard. Hey, I'm diff I've never skied in my life either, so there you go. Um, well, so from a, from a business perspective, uh, I think it's about continuing to build, to build the brand, to build a client base, and to take it step by step. I, we discussed this in person earlier, but I know the idea is really often to try and push things too quickly, but I, I've launched my new website yesterday, uh, and I'm trying to just build momentum. And it's, it's a step-by-step -step approach, but it's, it's working well. Fantastic. And your new website is lucashill.co.uk? That's right. Fantastic. Yeah. Please uh, visit. Yeah. There's Twitter followers coming your way. No. <laughs> <laughs> and your Twitter handle is uh, Dr. Hill. That's correct. Yeah. That's D-R and then Hill with an E on the end. 
just for people who uh, weren't quite sure. Exactly. Second question. If you're a student or young person right now, still had all all of your knowledge, well, you are a young person, actually, a younger person, (laughs) um, and still had all of the knowledge and experience you've gained so far in your career, Mm. and how or where would you begin with your personal brand? I'd I'd probably actually say I'd begin the same place I would if I didn't have the knowledge, and that's networks. Knowledge, knowledge in many ways is is no guarantee of success. It's it's a shortcut. It reduces the the trial and error phase. But um, let's let's think of let's think of freelance work as a bike ride, for example. Mm-hmm. Let's say a bike ride, right? You're riding a bike up a hill, and knowledge is maybe is you know it's a muscle you've built over time that can make sure you carry all the way. But the networks you have, the relationships you have, that's the gears that can get you an easier ride. So I'd ask you, you're standing at the bottom of a really, really big hill. Yeah. What would you rather have? Lots of muscle or, you know, 30 gears to go through? Mm. I know what I would choose. You know, I already have the muscle, but, you know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great comparison to make, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people would, will uh, understand that mm. better uh, from, from you using that, that comparison there. And just to finish off then, yeah. one final piece of advice that you'd like to give to young aspiring freelancers or entrepreneurs? Sure. It's the, the advice that my mentor, who runs a, he runs a boutique management consulting firm in Paris, and I, I won't do his accent out of <laughs> respect, but he gave me Could one a piece of advice. German do a French accent? I'm not sure. Whether, is that allowed? No, no it's not allowed. <laughs> I think that's the problem, right? It's not allowed. Um, my mentor gave me a piece of advice the first time we ever spoke, and it's it's probably been the key to our relationship but it's also been the key to everything i've done since then and he said lucas never refuse a meeting <laughs> and and it's yeah exactly you, you giggle at it it's of the simplicity of it yeah. but really you can never ever lose anything by meeting someone you can gain advice you can gain guidance friendship there is nothing that you can be worse off if you're if you've taken a chance to meet with someone. So my advice to anybody out there, whatever stage, but especially freelancers, is take the opportunity and never refuse a meeting. Fantastic piece of advice. Lucas, thank you so much for being the first guest on Modern Street Talk. If anyone wants to get in touch with Lucas, his Twitter handle, as we mentioned, is at Dr. Hill. That's D-R Hill. And you can also visit his brand new website, courtesy of Nuttersons. I'll also tag them in the podcast. That is www.lucashill.co.uk. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me, Elliot, and looking forward to catching up again soon. So there we go, the first ever episode of Modern Street Talk. Nerve-wracking, stressful, but hopefully the start of something much bigger. If you want to get in touch with me, my Twitter handle is Morrow. That's E-double-L, Morrow. I'd appreciate any feedback that you have that I can use to make future episodes even better. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week when I'll be talking to Chris Williams, the founder of Network Freelance and an advocate for the Fee Not Free campaign.